What is life like on the road for women truck drivers? How will peak holiday season play out this year for retailers? And what do the latest numbers from the Logistics Managers Index tell us about our supply chains? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney, I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Heister Company, a global manufacturer of forklifts, high capacity lift trucks, and container handling equipment. Operations rely on Heister for everything from advanced power sources for material handling equipment to their industry-leading package of operator assist technologies, Heister Reaction. For more information, visit Heister.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, more women than ever before are becoming truck drivers. What's it like for them in this profession? Today, Victoria speaks with a female owner-operator about her life on the road. Victoria? Thanks, Dave. Our guest today is truck driver Melissa Williams. Melissa is an independent owner-operator, and she's partnered as a driver on Vorto's 5F platform, and that is a driver-focused freight matching service. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. We write often about the need for truck drivers across the industry and the many efforts out there to recruit and retain people for the job. And I wanted to start by asking how long you've been a driver and how you got into the business. I classify myself as a rookie driver. I only have about three and a half years on my license. I was working at FedEx Express at the Minneapolis airport and a truck driver position came open. They asked me if I wanted to drive. My immediate response was, you do know I drive a Mini Cooper. And <laughs> yeah, they laughed at me. And uh, I told them, you know, sure, why not? Let's, let's give it a try. Um, how do you know what you love to do if you don't try everything? Not only that, but if I don't like it, it just adds to the list of skills that I have available to me in the future. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so today, though, fast forward, you're an independent owner operator and you work over the road, which means you travel long distances and are on the road for long stretches. Can you talk a bit about, um, you know, your job today, how you book loads, how you run your business and more broadly um, about the advantages of being an independent driver? Sure. Uh, I am on with Vorto on their 5F OTR side. So I am an over the road driver. I book my loads through them. So basically I set up what day I want to leave, what city and state. And then I determine how long do I want to be out? Do I want to be out a week, two weeks, whatever? And then I put in where I want to end and on what date. So during, let's say it's a two week trip. Basically they start me out wherever I'm leaving from and they bounce me to cities and states that fit my preferences, places I want to go. And then it's always the best paying option from one place to the next to the next. That way it minimizes my amount of deadhead miles and it minimizes the amount of time I'm sitting waiting between loads so it maximizes my income. 
what other advantages are there? That sounds like a distinct um, advantage of being, you know, your own boss and all of that. What else? Um, what else does this allow you to do in terms of, um, you know, sort of the freedom of running your job? Your well, business? I don't have to go to any city or state that I don't want to go to that I'm not comfortable going to. It allows me the opportunity to get out to North Carolina once or twice a month to see my grandfather. He's 95. My two younger sons live in Arizona. They're 18 and 23 so i can go where i want to go when i want to go and if i want to stay there for a week and spend time i can because a i'm an owner operator and b they work with me so that i can have a life while enjoying what it is i enjoy to do for a living so going back uh, a little bit, when you decided to um, take your commercial driver license course uh, through um, your job a few years ago and then work as a driver, did you expect to enjoy the industry as much as it sounds like you do today? I'm wondering if this new career has surprised you in any way. Uh, yes. So initially I had, you know, being a truck driver wasn't on my radar, even though my grandfather was a truck driver. Hmm. Um, and I was doing that, obviously it was local work, and I realized local work's not for me. I didn't enjoy it, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, I figured, you know, if I'm gonna work long hours in a truck, I wanna go places, I wanna see things. And that's the luxury of trucking is there's so many different areas in it, so many different types of work that you can do in trucking that you can find what's best for you to make you happy and fulfill your life in the ways that you need to be fulfilled. What are the main, um, you know, sort of on the flip side of that, what are the main challenges that uh, truckers face today? I realize you've been in the business, you know, just three and a half years or so, um, but can you talk about the challenges that you face? And I'm wondering if there are any specific challenges that women face in, in this workplace? Over the road trucking is not for everybody. You have to be comfortable being alone. You have to be comfortable being away from home. It's it's a very specific lifestyle. And if it's not for you, then maybe drive local. That's a challenge that a lot of people end up with. But also um, safety. You know, for, for women, yes, for sure. Because, you know, truck stops, you're in different cities and different states all the time. Right. But... I mean, that's men and women, but us as women tend to be a little bit more aware. We tend to be a little bit more cautious of that just because, well, we're women. Right. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Despite all of those, you know, you know, the challenges you mentioned, um, it sounds like you'd recommend a career in trucking to uh, women and really to anyone sort of interested in uh, the freedom associated, especially with over the road work. You mentioned that earlier. What advice would you give to people interested in pursuing a career in trucking? I think trucking is great for anybody that has a passion for it or a desire to give it a try because there is so much diversity, flatbed, drive-in, reefer, local, regional, over the road. There's a lot of options. Um, but if you're going to get into trucking, the number one thing that I tell everybody is know your limits, know your boundaries, stand by your boundaries and don't let people push you around mm -hmm. and then if you're going to go and become an owner operator my recommendation is obviously start as a company driver figure out the industry figure out what 
area is going to work best for you. And then learn everything that you can about the industry, about the truck that you're driving or the type of truck that you want to buy. And surround yourself with the kind of people who are doing and being what it is that you want to do and be. When you say, uh, you know, sort of know your boundaries and don't let push uh, people, you know, push you around or I'm assuming, you know, take advantage. You mean in terms of, um, you know, doing the kind of work you want to do and going where you want to go? Is that what you mean? Correct. So with the ELD limitations, there's a lot of times where you may be sitting in a dock for 10 hours waiting to get unloaded. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times as a company driver, your company will tell you, well, you just had a 10 hour break. You have to drive. Just because you were sitting in the dock for 10 hours doesn't mean that you were sleeping or rested enough to drive. So know your physical limitations when it comes to sleep and stress. But also, if you are petrified to go to, I don't know, Laredo, Texas, don't go. You're the driver of the truck. Your safety and your mental well-being is the most important thing. Thank you. I think that's good advice. And you mentioned ELD. Just for our listeners who may not know, those are the electronic logging devices and the rules um, and regulations surrounding that, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I don't know if you know, um, most people I think in the industry do, but next week is Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you know, related to that, uh, why do you think it's important to sort of raise awareness of the trucking profession and what you do day in and day out? We we read a lot about that and hear a lot about, you know, just, you know, raising awareness and, and the importance of the, uh, the job. What, what do you think is important to mention about that? The awareness that almost everything that you have or use has once been on a truck, that is becoming a big thing. People are more and more aware of that, but they don't realize what it is that we go through on a daily basis, a weekly basis or a monthly basis um, in order to provide that service to the population. Making sure that, you know, they're aware we can't stop on a dime. Um, Sometimes we haven't seen our family in a month or two months. You know, a little bit of kindness overall in society goes a long way. I would agree with that 100%. Um, Melissa, thank you for joining us today and sharing your experiences as um, as a truck driver and independent owner-operator. Thanks very much. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. We have been talking with truck driver Melissa Williams. Back to you, Dave. Thank you, Melissa and Victoria. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. Our peak shopping season is coming up, and the big question that retailers are asking is whether shoppers will act like they did during the pandemic and buy more e-commerce online sales or whether they'll return to stores. And Ben, you wrote this week about some research and predictions about the upcoming holiday season. What can you tell us on this question? Yeah, it's one of the toughest bets that retailers and brands really have to make every year, and that's on peak season consumer spending. A typical year, they might try to figure out like what the hot Christmas present is going to be that everyone wants to have and, you know, how on earth, you know, they can keep stock on the shelves so they don't miss sales on those. So that conversation is happening again this year, of course, for the 2022 season. But it's a lot different because as we head into what's arguably the first post-pandemic winter holiday, the question's more about whether consumers will continue 
their uh, actions as they did during the depths of the pandemic when everyone was staying home or whether they'll come back into the malls and, uh, and, and the downtowns. So we got some detail on that question this week from a consumer survey. It was done by Radial. They're a third-party logistics company based in Pennsylvania. And the answer is basically all of the above. Uh, to explain that, uh, Radial said that their survey results showed that nearly half of consumers, 46%, said that they would shop the same amount in store this year compared to last. But 58% said that they would increase their use of online purchases. And that's up almost 10% from last year's survey. Um, so counting those who intend to do more online. So that's kind of a conflicting answer because unless the total consumer spend is gonna go up, both those answers can't be true at once. So most people you know, aren't predicting, in fact, that the total spend will rise this year. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for that. There's a bumpy stock market, there are fluctuating gas prices, uh, of course, rising inflation and interest rates. Uh, so it's a little hard to figure out uh, what, what the total is going to be. Yeah, those survey results may seem a little confusing. Did Radio explain how shoppers might be returning to stores and also increase their online shopping at the same time? Well, they did have a prediction about how it will work out. Uh, and the answer is omni-channel. Uh, any reader of DC Velocity or uh, other industry publications has heard that term an awful lot. Uh, that it basically means consumers can order the same item from many different sources uh, or, or from one single retailer and it'll get fulfilled by many different sources. Uh, that could be wholesalers, retailers, dropship, uh, warehouse, third party, marketplaces. And then they'll still get the same item on their doorstep at the end of the day. Uh, and Radial says that that trend will be more true than ever this winter season. So their survey also showed that some of those newish fulfillment options that became so popular during pandemic uh, seem to be sticking around. Uh, for example, one in three consumers anticipates increasing uh, buy online pickup in store. Uh, BOPIS is the silly acronym. And uh, another third say that they expect increasing uh, their buy online pickup at curbside when they go shopping this holiday season. Uh, so Laura Ritchie, she's the chief operating officer and executive vice president radio, uh, explained it this way. She said that the retail sector has undergone significant unpredictability and digital acceleration over the last two years. I think we all saw that. Uh, so supply chain disruptions and those fast evolving consumer behaviors have shifted what used to be a formularized market into a dynamic one, Ritchie said. Uh, so, you know, she mentioned that in order to improve, ensure that peak operations continue running smoothly in those fast changing circumstances, uh, brands really need to focus on inventory management, uh, consumer demand, and those omni-channel offerings so that consumers can get a great experience regardless of the channel from which their order is fulfilled. So that last phrase for me was really the crucial one, regardless of the channel from which their order is fulfilled. It seems to be a sign that you know the goal for many companies that they've been chasing for years, omnichannel, could really be realized on a much larger scale now. So you know, in fact, if retailers do it right, uh, shoppers like all of us might not even know the difference as long as that package ends up on our doorstep or picked up at the store or picked up and placed into our trunk uh, in time for the holiday. Yeah, right. And that's the bottom line, really, is making sure that shoppers are having their wishes fulfilled for Christmas. So it should be an, another interesting season for retailers. Yep, it sure should be. And we'll all be measuring it personally as well as professionally, so. Right, thanks, Ben.
Yep. And Victoria, the latest logistics managers index is out. And what do the current numbers tell us about our supply chains? It tells us a lot, Dave. Um, economic activity in the logistics industry grew in August, but at a slower rate compared to July and down markedly from the record high growth levels from earlier this year. And as you say, that's according to the Logistics Managers Index report, which uh, was published this past Tuesday. Uh, so the August LMI registered 59.7, and that's down just a percentage point compared to July, but it's down 16 and a half points from its all-time high reading um, in March. As a reminder to our listeners, the LMI gauges uh, business activity across the industry via a monthly survey of logistics managers, and they all weigh in on inventory, warehousing, and transportation conditions. An LMI reading above 50 indicates expansion in the industry, and a reading below 50 indicates con contraction. The gist of the August report is this. The industry had been experiencing record growth levels from late 2020 through this past spring. Growth began to cool in April, and it's been slowing ever since. Uh, falling consumer demand, rising inventory levels, and a loosening transportation market are behind the slower growth conditions. It's important to note, though, that um, economic activity in logistics, as I said at the outset, is still growing. It's just at a slower rate. Uh, the LMI researchers and other industry watchers actually have been saying for some time that the red-hot growth in the market really wasn't sustainable and that a cooling off would be necessary to get back to more, quote, normal patterns. We're not there yet, but the past few months of slower growth may be pointing in that direction. Victoria, does the research predict what may happen in the coming months? The LMI includes a future predictions um, index, which asks respondents to predict movement in the overall index over the next 12 months. So yes, um, and the August predictions actually hint at normalization ahead. And that's the first time we've seen that uh, in a couple of years. But it will take a while, especially given the buildup of inventory in the supply chain and the lack of warehousing capacity nationwide. Warehouses are filled to the brim, as we know, and space is very hard to come by. And the researchers say that addressing both of those challenges will really be key to getting back to normal. Right. Well, like we said about peak season, we'll just have to see how it all plays out in this uncertain economy that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories and check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Melissa Williams for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, check out our new podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fastlane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. You can subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fastlane wherever you get your podcast. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Heister. With strength, durability, and their industry-leading suite of lift truck operator assist technologies, Heister powers your possibilities. For more information, visit heister.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.